yo, internets, you know what it is, man. I'm your host, Combat Jack. You are listening to the Combat Jack Show podcast. What's up, A-King? What's going on, big brother? Man, talk to me, man. It's it's, it's feeling real crispy out it's, here, man. It's, it's September. I, it's a, early September. This shit is feeling like October yo, right now. I embrace hoodie season. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 the, it's the precursor to cuffing season. Yes. And cuffing season is always exciting because there's new prospects out here. Yes. If you get in your cuffs so, or, or some old prospects that you're ready to old, step up to. old, you know. I'm saying wanna, or it, some maintenance, the maintenance if, game. If you know what I'm saying? you got a bad catalog that you want to, you know what I mean, you know. Make sure those DMs is right. Make sure the numbers is intact because sometimes we change our numbers up. Yeah. Make sure you got your, you know, the right numbers. So yeah. Send that text, shoot that shot. Yeah, or sometimes, but, you know, you might be too comfortable, man, and might have thrown that coat and jump into the wilderness, man. I'm, I'm, Winter I'm, is here. Yo, I got my Uber ride pass ready. The White King is here, B. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Yo, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. Um, what, what are we talking about? Are we just jumping into this shit, man? Yo, yo for, uh, wait, 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 wait. First and foremost, man, I want to give a shout out yes. to the best podcast microphone known to man road microphone mm-hmm. they make our shit sound so crisp and clear 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 anyway rude why yeah what back on road <laughs> yo, i want to give a shout you know just, just i guess because i guess it's here and he's yeah. part of the team yes yo shout out to the entire lsn family you know what i mean we've seen a lot of things that happen oh. in, in, outside in the podcast oh. Oh. universe and all of that wait wait but, we can announce it dj benjamin like oh, yes, dj right. fucking benjamin Woo. from the combat jack show DJ, so it's ill. So it was the day after um, uh, President Obama mm. um, had his inauguration party, right? Mm-hmm. And this is when Jay Z and Jeezy were performing My President is Black, right? And, you know, I was doing more on the blog thing at the time, and I got. Somebody connected me to this guy named DJ Ben Hameen. Right. And apparently, like, that clip was his clip that had gone viral, and it ended up on Vlad's site. And apparently, Vlad didn't want to give Ben Hameen credit. Mm. So Ben Hameen knew that I was an attorney, knew I had some pull. He was like, yo, man, can you help me get some credit? So I didn't know Ben Hameen from a can, you know, can of paint, but I hit Vlad. Vlad's my boy. He gave Ben Hameen some credit. For the video, that was it. Right. A couple of years later, Ben Hameen moves to New York from Washington, D.C. He's like, yo, can I DJ for the Combat Jack show? Because we were kind of like a right. live radio, online radio format. Yep. Came on the show. He did his thing. As we started changing the format, as we started acclimating into more of a podcast form, when we started working with SoundCloud and SoundCloud got more stringent with music, we had to cut Ben Hameen. Right. Caused a lot of tension. But at the same time, you know, I was very fortunate as we started to build this LSN thing, this loudspeakers thing, one of the earliest shows that we created was the Fanbro show. Because, yes. you know, I'm a geek. Ben Hameen is a geek. Tatiana's a geek. Chico, Leo, Kimson, the whole nine. So I was like, let's, let's start a show for geeks, particularly geeks of color. You know, because mm-hmm. all you hear about is the fanboys, but you don't hear about the fanbros. Right. So, Internet's a little trivia for y'all. If y'all ever listen to the, the, the Fanbro show, I'm the one singing a theme song. Like, I created that shit. That's my <laughs> rib. You know what I'm saying? So, Ben Hameen and Tatiana has been doing a great job. With fan bros for the past shit, I want to say damn near five years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, like you, you know, I mean, we've got some big stars and big shows on the loudspeakers. You know what I'm saying? Like the Reed came in and blew us out the water. Brilliant idiots blew us out the water. You know what I'm saying? Friend Zone blew us out the water. I mean, our new show. You know what I'm saying? No Jumper. Like all these shows came in and shook things up. Yep. Some yeah. of us just held it. You know, just but some of us. Held it down, and and, and, yeah. and Fan Bros is one of those shows that held it down. So over the years, man, like, 
Ben Hamin and I, it wouldn't be conflict as much as Ben Hamin was so um, so um, ambitious. Right. And when shit wasn't coming his way, I was just like, yo, stay in the game. Trust the process. Stay in the game. Trust the process. Yo, do you know this motherfucker just got hired? This motherfucker is in fucking Los Angeles right now eating canapes. Yep. Fucking, he just got hired as a writer for season two of literally, like I only watched three shows this past year. I watched Insecure. Mm -hmm. I watched Game of Thrones. And I watched um, on Stars American Gods. That's one of my. That's my third favorite show. Right. And Ben Hamin is now one of the writers yep. on fucking American Gods. And I'm like, yo, I, like he's like, yo, this shit happened from zero to a hundred, yep. just like that. I'm so proud of you, Ben Hamin. Season two better be fire though, because if season two is caca, I'm be like, yo, that's Ben. I mean, fucked it up. No, but I just want to say, man, like over the years, man, like like cats call me OG and this and that, whatever. I'm just really fortunate to be in a position where um, I've had moments where I could win. Um, but even more greater, man, is like when you put people in the game or you see people and you touch them and then they start to blow. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know some cats get weird and envious, but to me, that shit just brings me so much fucking joy, man. So all y'all out there, man, like fucking I had to say um, the kid Mero. Like I remember when the kid yeah. Mero was blogging just to keep his sanity and, and, and I put him on to, you know, I, I, I've been mentioning this recently because I'm so proud of the dude, man. The dude is fucking running. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Jesus and Mero, like look where the fuck they are. Like you can't even foresee that shit, man. So Dream those to, dreams. Dream those dreams, internets, man, and, and you know whatever I can do. I'm not promising anybody anything. Although Ben Hamin did go on a rant last year about how I promised some things, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I did promise some things. I delivered. But I'm saying, man, like listen, man, like it's a two way street, man. Whatever I can do at this point, because I feel pretty much comfortable where I am. Like if I can help you, even just an iota to help y'all facilitate facilitate y'all living your dreams, man. Let's go. All right. That's it. What's your dreams, King? What do you? I mean, what do you want to do, man? I have an evolving list of things. Yeah. That I, evolving or revolving? So, ev- both. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's not. I think you want to do porn, things, man. Who? You want to do porn. Nah, man. I don't want to do no porn. You don't want to do no porn, nah, man? Nah? Nah, nah. You never it's had no it's dreams it's of doing porn? Yeah, early on before you realize how mixy that shit is. Yeah. Man. Did you ever have a porn name in, in mind? Nah. No? Nah. Once I start seeing that, you know, STDs. You know, it wasn't just limited to regular people. It was like porn stars can get it too. I was like, oh, I don't need to. Do- I can get one out here. Okay, <laughs> you know. Well, well nah, you know, no. let's let's start talking about your dreams, nah. man. Let's facilitate your dreams, man. I got some dreams. Okay. I got some goals that I'm okay. I, 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 that I like to obtain. Okay, you know? okay, attain. Okay, I like that, man. Yeah. Um, I'm I, ambitious. What's up, Mena? Mena's in the background. What's your dreams, man? He wants to be a dictator of a small banana republic, huh? <laughs> 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 you want to start podcasting? You want to stop that? You want to get out the game? Yo, listen, man. Um, I, I love it, man. Um, I love this dude, man. It's just our, our current guest today, man. It's yes. like just so fascinating to see somebody like living their dreams and not giving a fuck about anything. And, you know, a lot of people say they do it this, their way, but this guy is really doing it his way. Um, and, and just so successful in so many different mediums, man, like, you know, fashion, podcasting, blogging, vlogging, the whole nine. And, and, and you know, just even being kind of like a – Kind of like one of these new age digital A&R cats, man, that, that, you know, like they say something and they see it before anybody sees it. And you know how fucking difficult to see all these myriad, all these thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of acts online 
And for somebody to be like, yo, out of all these fucking bozos, this guy right here. Damn. Or this, I'm, what? Bozos? Just let me talk, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't add emphasis to it. Don't put, don't put, don't put few. Like, I don't want all these young motherfuckers to be like, oh, yeah, 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 combat's at Nah, y'all so all bozo. bozos until y'all blow, right? But, you know, um, I was very fortuitous uh, last year. We went to L.A., and, and, and this cat was just so uh, welcoming. And I love L.A. anyway, man, but I hung out with him last year. Um, and I hung out with him this year in L.A. And I, so I just feel happy that I could welcome him to the Combat Jack Show without further ado from No Jumper. Amazing. Adam 22. What's up, sir? Thank you, man. What a what an entrance. That was that was unbelievable. Really? You've never had an entrance like that, sir? Well, coming from you, you know, you're one of my uh my primary influences in the podcast. It's I been, still don't believe you, man. Like, I don't know how you can not believe me. You're, I don't believe you, you, man. You practically started the shit. No, I did not start the shit. Pretty close. Man. You're I mean, one of the first through the door for sure. Yeah, I mean, in in this hip hop realm to make it sexy, but you're killing the podcast game right now. Yeah, man. but you're talking about uh DJ Ben Amin and stuff. I remember that. I remember the radio show days i remember the mixes i remember skipping past the mixes uh, <laughs> yo did you ever throw shots at ben i mean ben i mean caught mad shots no man. i mean I, I would, if i had time i would listen to it but if i was in a rush i'd be like no, right. i gotta get yeah, back yeah, to the yeah, combo yeah. you know yeah but uh yeah like from very very early on i've been a huge fan and you definitely like you and rosenberg were the ones who made me just look at the game and be like oh shit like i love like it, it really made me fall in love with podcasting and joe rogan too is like the non-hip-hop yes. side and then at a certain point, I just ended up being around some rappers and stuff that I thought, you know, I, I, start, I tried doing podcasts with, uh, with BMX riders at first because that's always been my, my lane, you know, and then over time, it just sort of evolved. And look at you now, man. Welcome to the loudspeakers. How how's, how how do you feel? Has it has it changed? Has it changed? But has it shout out loudspeakers? I don't shout it out enough. I but, but has it that. changed anything for you, man? Being on loudspeakers, yeah. Other than like you're on loudspeakers. I mean, I can text Chris Moore. That's pretty big. That's pretty big, right? <laughs> Does he text back though? Oh yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not waiting. Looking forward to the day that he stops texting back. It was gonna be a bad day. Yeah, you know, I might have lost the sauce. I really loved um, your appearance on the Brilliant Idiots. Oh hey, thank and you. I, and I and I kind of loved what Andrew Schultz said, and, and when he said that you were. The combat, the no jumper, is a combat jack show for fourteen year olds. That, that meant a lot. How does how does that feel, man? Uh, I don't like to like group my audience too specifically because I do feel like you know I, I would say like my average uh, viewer is like a seventeen year old male from Los Angeles, but you know every day I get kind of blown away by the you know dudes who are wearing a suit in their thirties or their forties who like will come up to me. And, uh, you know, I, I even like I had like, you know, 12 year old girls taking photos of me because they like the podcast and stuff sometimes, which it just blows my mind. Right. That that's even possible. You know, like like I didn't know about a podcast. When I was, well, I guess there's a good reason I didn't know about it when I was 12. But Nobody knew about this shit. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I didn't mean, know about this shit when I was 32. Yeah. But the 14 year olds, definitely. If I go to a show that's like primarily 14, 15, 16 year old kids. I gotta leave there, like you know. That's that's when I get mobbed. Right. That's pretty exclusively when I get mobbed. I mean, you you do a fascinating job, man. Like even when I was down there, um, the last time, who were you playing on the on the, you playing little 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 pump, little pump, a little peep, a little little little, 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 little peep. It was that is a little pump now. <laughs> oh yeah, little L pump. L what happened to little peep? Little peep's around. Yeah, he's supposedly dating McConan. That came out today. Really? Yeah. I mean, hey, that's the rumor. I don't know. If I saw your tweet. God so bless them, man. I, I didn't click on the video to watch, but I hope that's true. That would <laughs> be great for the game. <laughs> great, great for music, man. <laughs> I would love that. What is it? What is it, man? About about your sensibility that that allows you to or uh, enables you to really spot what's what's next. Because I, mean, I think that shit is impossible right now. I feel like I've always had a real thirst for just knowledge in general. I've been in love with rap since I was like nine or ten years old. And at a certain point, like, I think with the whole BMX website and, and the thing with BMX is, like, I started the, the 
basically the first BMX website in 2006 when I was 22. Yeah, and I want to get into that too, man. Yeah, and that kind of like allowed me to never really grow up because my job for 10 years was updating a blog, printing some t-shirts, going on trips with my friends. And like if you're a BMX rider, it doesn't matter if you're 22 or 25. It's like the average BMX rider is still going to be 18, 19, right. 20. So right, it's right. like the older you get, you know, I've, I've been lucky to really still stay in touch with what the kids are into and also just stay obsessed with rap music. Like anybody who's ever been on a trip with me knows that it's like there ain't nothing playing besides rap music and it just i think allowed me to still be in a place where i was still very much like connected to youth culture even when i i guess i started no jumper when i was like 30 it just i was still very well, you're much th- you're 32 33 now 33 now okay. almost 34 yeah okay so, so you're, you're getting old huh Ah, a little bit. You know. <laughs> I have a 26-year-old girlfriend, so it's, that's beautiful. Sorry right for now. That's beautiful. So, so you you grew up in New Hampshire. Yes. Right? Um, what was your environment like? Uh, you know, I had like a, a okay little like family life growing up. I definitely siblings. Parents, yeah, I had a younger sister. She's like three years younger than me, and uh, my dad uh, was trying to work in local politics, but also would work just as like sort of a businessman, like doing. Uh, Contracting for uh, for construct a construction right. company, trying right. to get them deals, that kind of thing. What side of politics? If, if I, if uh, I may he, ask. he ran for like he was an alderman okay. where I grew up. He uh, he ran for mayor at one point, and then like he was very involved with like Bill Clinton's first uh, okay. campaign in nineteen ninety two. So more so like liberal d- Democrat. Oh, okay, I have the best, most liberal parents ever, and I always like anytime anybody says anything about you know uh, you know just people from New England being closed minded or people from the East Coast being racist, anything like that, like. I had parents who, from day one, were at my neck if I ever said anything. You know, I remember like when I first started listening to Howard Stern, yeah, and he's making fun of himself for being Jewish, yeah. And so at a certain point, I like I heard my dad mention something about his boss who was who was Jewish, and I tried to say something about like, oh, those Jews have a lot of money, huh? Because I didn't know anybody because right, I'm a little kid. Right, because you listen to Stern. Twenty minutes later, my parents sit me down for a chat. Like, that's it's dope, not man. okay to, to stigmatize people or that. even in something like that. That's positive. You know, you can't do – and I just – when I think about stuff like that, my mom is a librarian. Right. So it's like I grew up with every day hearing her have stories about uh, – at a community college too in uh, Massachusetts. So she has to deal with like a lot of like young kids who are struggling with stuff. So I feel like I always – I just grew up with the right base to be an open-minded adult. You know, it's just like really, really important. When I look at that and when I talk to people and their parents I feel comfortable saying racist things to them, homophobic stuff, I never grew up with anything like that. So I feel incredibly lucky for my parents even though – at the time, I did. Me and my dad, we were fighting. We were beating the shit out of each other up until like y- y'all were swinging, y'all were thumping on each other, oh, man. Yeah, we were going at it. You were a troublesome kid, man. Oh, I was getting in trouble like crazy. Why? Well, like, what was it, man? Like, like, I was just angry as fuck. What, why were you angry? Like, from what I understand, you were getting in fights in the first grade. Like, oh, like, yeah. like, what they the won. F- <laughs> like, but, but, but you, like, what, what the fuck, man? I mean, I was always really confrontational, loud, talkative, like very into just talking about ideas and stuff, like. It just, I don't know, I never was able to avoid trouble growing up. And, like, everything I got into was something that I was going to get in trouble for, whether it was being out riding BMX until 4 in the morning or I was I was really into graffiti for a couple of years and I'd be at the train yard with my friends every night. And, like, when I think about the type of person I was, I'm, like, just very, very lucky that I didn't get that one bad arrest that fucked right. up my whole life. Or that because, one bad fight. Or that one bad fight, exactly. Yeah, I never even, when I think about it, I never got in trouble with fighting my whole life. Right. All I mean, you're a big shit. guy, man. Were you always a bigger guy? Yeah. And you know, when I think about it, it's kind of weird. My parents always seemed sort of weirded out that I wasn't into sports. They tried right. really hard to get me into sports, but uh, I, I got glasses when I was in fourth grade. And then that made me realize that I had terrible eyesight my whole life growing up. And so I think 
actually in retrospect, I don't think I ever developed like hand eye coordination to be like great at sports. But you know how to knock that block off. <laughs> Maybe at one point. Uh, I don't know. I ain't been in a fight in a long time. I try to stay fit. Now you were, nine, didn't you nine, didn't you didn't you sock somebody oh, recently? Here we go. Uh, Did you just sock somebody uh, online? What was that about, man? Because it was on World Star. Uh, what, 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 what the fuck was that about? What happened, man? It was just this little fucking weirdo who, like, basically is just like. Did a, you know this? Was he? Yeah, he's like, like a YouTube damn. kid and everything, and he was in my store talking shit, like basically just sort of having a conversation that was like not respectful, right? And I sort of like got in his face to like yell at him and be like, "Yo, like you're not." gonna be talking to my friends like that in my store and then he just kept running his mouth I, I said like yo I'm gonna fucking knock your teeth out right now and he said please do oh, so oh. I'm mean, like what am I gonna do I don't know I, I felt oh. really bad about that did you, did you feel bad do you feel like you? I didn't I, feel bad for hitting him I felt bad for carrying myself like that right you know like and for the world to then see it on right. fucking which right. was, that was the weird part too I was really trying to keep that footage under wraps and then he leaked it I mean I, th- I think he wanted I mean isn't that weird right now I mean this is more your generation right? oh, yeah. like where, where, where bad press Good press, whether you're knocking somebody upside the head or they're getting knocked over the head. These like that's that's wild. good shit, right? Oh, they love it. Content, period. Social media, whatever, yeah. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Sonos. Listen, I have Sonos in my crib and it's the most amazing experience. I mean, this is no joke. Like seriously, like, you know, I'm I, I'm the type of guy I usually like to have the wireless speakers and this and that. But with Sonos, man, you know, programming shit through my phone, plays on one floor, plays on another floor. You can have different playlists in different rooms. You can have the whole house sounding the same. It's amazing. Everything sounds better on Playbase. Movies, sports, TV shows, gaming. Playbase adds dynamic, pulse-pounding sound to whatever's playing on your TV. The truth is, most TVs end up on stands and furniture, exactly what Playbase was created for. Its low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV. Yet it fills your entire viewing room with epic home theater audio. Start with a play bass and add a sub and a pair of play ones for a full surround sound system. You can even send TV or music sound around your entire home. Just add Sono smart speakers in other rooms and they'll wirelessly sync to your home theater like I was telling you earlier. And now for the first time ever, and I was so honored to have this because I really, 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 really support this brand. Sonos is offering listeners of the Combat Jack Show 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Don't get greedy, Internet. Just use the promo code JACK10. That's J-A-C-K-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. So do you find do you find it hard to, to maintain your, your your composure right now? Does shit are you, are you you seem mad zen, man? I've never seen you angry, B. I mean, I want to. That's what I want. Like I'm 33. It's like right. I, I know where I have to be mentally. Like I want to be a person who's like at peace with himself, who feels fully content because I feel like that. At the end of the day, I'm expressing a personality through right. the podcast, and the best thing you could do for yourself as a podcaster or any kind of public personality is just to. To be very in the moment, like you know that when you're doing a podcast, the best thing that you could be is a hundred percent. And I'm, I can say that about you right now. You seem a hundred percent focused on what I'm doing right now. It's, if your thoughts are going in different places and everything, then it's just it can be hard. So yeah, I that mean, shit sucks, man. Yeah, as I get older, I just really want to find that balance and just try to, you know, I just try not to. I don't want to get sucked into the bullshit. I've already realized, like, just in a couple years in the rap world, I realized that there's this big urge for companies in rap to try to become popular or rich from basically like disparaging or disrespecting the artists and stuff and i just think i realized at a certain point like 
I'm making that shit it, doesn't feel good. It feels really bad. Like right. how, at the end of the day, how you feel good about yourself when your job is to drag somebody, right. even if that person did something wrong. But right. what I think I've been really lucky with is that I've been incentivized 100 percent with the podcast and stuff to find new talent and and expose people to the world. So that is 100 percent what I'm chasing after. I've, I kind of realized like a couple months ago, I'm like, yo, I don't think there's ever a reason for me to talk bad about a rapper. Like, and especially an underground rapper, you know, right. maybe if I want to say Drake fell off, which I don't think at all, but if I did feel that way, he's a mega star, maybe that's okay. But, and I just realized, like, it's so easy for me to, to pick apart what's bad about up and coming rappers, but it's much more noble for me to try to promote people and help them, you know? No, and, 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 it, and, 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 and it comes back to you, man. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, so when you were younger, man, and, and did you, did, I mean, because you, you're, you're really intense. But I could also tell that your energy is all over the place, man. Was it very hard for you to focus? Cause were you good in school? No, I did terrible in school from right. day one. I, you I, hated school. Yeah, and people always like would tell me, like, you seem so smart. You're so like good at certain things. You know, like I would get an assignment for a book report, and I would just kill the book report just because I wanted to. But like nobody could ever tell me what to do. You know, I, was, I would get suspended all the time for just drawing in class. Like, was school stupid to you, man? Was it stupid? Was it stupid for you? I, I, my mom said th- something one thing to me. I, I read that like you can learn a lot about yourself by asking your parents what you were like when you first popped out. Right. Like, the first things. That no, you're you drawn know, to. you know your kids right, from day exactly. one because they see you from day one. They see what you're attracted to. Like they you, they drop you in the middle of the playpen and what direction you go. Do you go to the blocks or do you go to the paint? I asked my mom that, and she said that one thing, two things. She said, number one, that from day one, I always wanted to just talk about ideas and that I was upset. Like, she would subscribe to Newsweek. And that she's like, you were six years old, and you'd be staring at Newsweek, trying, asking me what words meant, like, over and over and over. And then she also said that all the other kids in school really seemed like they wanted the teacher to approve of them. Right. They wanted some validation. And she said that you always seemed like you were seeking, like, negative validation. Like, you wanted to challenge them and piss yeah. them off. There you go. And you I'm don't like, change. God, I got four really... kids. They don't change. You don't change. My my aunt told me, man, like recently, because she's been following my career, and she's like, yo, since you were like three or four years old, and we'd be on the bus, you'd want to interview everybody mm-hmm. on the fucking bus. I was like, where? She's like, yeah, I knew you were going to interview mm-hmm. people when you grew up, because that's what you did when you were three. And I totally believe that your passion that you had at three, four, five years old is what you're supposed to do. With that's what I life. think. That's what you need to meditate on. Yeah. That's what you need to sit there and focus on. Is like who you are at your most gut level because yeah. at the end of the day like maybe I could be a stockbroker right now but I'm 100% sure based on my experiences in life so far that I wouldn't feel fulfilled even if I made a bunch of money you right. know and that podcast thing and I'm sure you probably feel the same way it just gave me this venue of exploration like I feel like I'm sort of getting more into comedy it's like not only am I going to sit there and watch a bunch of comedy specials and read some articles about comedy but I could also create my own content by talking to somebody about comedy and and learn really fast too because in the position I'm in now, I could maybe sit down with somebody who's an expert or a high-level uh, comedian and just get a ton of insight right away, which is – that's really what I was after with the podcast and thing from day one. At an early age, man, like you, you, you're angry. You're trying to find out, you know, what do you think you were going to be, man? You know, and people always ask me that, and I feel like I didn't really even think about it because I didn't see a future for myself right. because I felt like from day one I was just – Nobody, you know, when I think about my life now, if my parents had been richer and if I had grown up maybe in a different time, they would have put me in a different kind of school. They would, they would have, have known, to, right. They probably would have, like, recognized, like, oh, this kid has ADD. But you know what? Your time was your time, man. Exactly. Yeah. Early 90s, you know, this is And not, you're really fortunate that you figured it out, man. Yeah, and that's what I feel, too, yeah. is that, like, I'm very lucky that all the bad shit I do didn't catch up to me before the good shit was yeah. able to sort of overwhelm it, you know? And then your life gets changed, man. Um, you, you're introduced to hip-hop. 
um, by none other than Snoop Dogg. You hear Snoop Dogg. 91. And, and, uh, 92, yeah. Doggy style. Mm-hmm. What was it about Snoop that changed your life? I think there was something about watching those videos. And, okay, it was definitely the sonic element in a way because I remember those, like, G-Funk synths just hit me and just being like, what the fuck is that? And being able to recognize that it was flowing through a lot of different popular West Coast hip-hop at the time because I was exposed to West Coast uh, But that stuff. was still so much closer to, like, ground zero of the G-Funk era. Oh, man. my God. And it just blew my mind. And a lot of those those songs, like, I can still listen to them and it just blows my mind. And uh, very early on, just watching the videos and just realizing, like, this is a subculture. This is an actual world out there that I could use this music as, like, a venue to understand what these people are going through, what their lives are like, even even though they're in a completely different situation. I probably didn't even like comprehend that this is like, oh, this is California. Right. But and you're still out in New Hampshire, of course. At that time, yeah. Right. I, I moved to Brooklyn when I was 19. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. That just, it really overcame, uh, it, just, it just really overwhelmed me. And then it just sort of went in a lot of different directions from there. I got super into Wu-Tang, Tupac, Biggie. Uh, at, at how old? I mean, I guess I was, that was all through elementary school, you know, so like, I guess I graduated uh, or left elementary school and I was like 12. And right. then I remember like there was maybe one year when I was like 13, 14, where I wasn't really able to, because very much at that time, especially, it's like if you were a white kid, it was looked at as you were weird if you listened to rap with any kind of seriousness, you know, and I'm talking about 1997. Particularly if you lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. Exactly, yeah. Right. And I went to school with tons of, you know, Puerto Rican kids, Cambodian kids, some black kids and stuff like that. My schools, like in junior high and high school, were actually pretty mixed, but... You know, like it just was a different world at the time. Whereas, if you listen to Nirvana, you're not supposed to listen to Jay Z, mm, which so, is stupid. Which I think is really unfortunate yeah. that I grew up in that. And I think that if anything, I really like being able to enforce that to the kids who listen to my shit. Is that because you listen to, you know, anything doesn't mean you have to rule out anything else. Because there was like a year there where I just got so into punk, hardcore, metal, and then at a certain point, I was like, you know, I do fuck with this stuff, but. You know, I really need to be listening to Jay-Z right now. Like, I haven't listened to the new Jay-Z album for six months, and i got to get back on what that. What was you know? the difference? What was the difference in terms of what you were getting that was, that was nourishing you between, like, punk rock and, and hip-hop? What was the difference? That's interesting because I guess, like, at the time, Nirvana was more brutal, angry, raw, and then Jay-Z was more aspirational, you know, if you want to just look at those singular artists, you know? Or Wu-Tang were more... It was deeper and more fascinating. There was more stuff to figure out. Like, I, I remember having a very weird uh, moment for me when I was like 11. I watched that. Remember the movie Higher Learning? Yes. Yeah. And I watched that. Lots of rhymes. Janet Jackson. Yes. Yes. And I, I watched that. was my first R rated movie. And I just remember thinking, like, yo, I don't fuck with these frat kids. Like, <laughs> these, and these frat kids wouldn't fuck with me either. And like, I was like, you know, I, I was very attracted to or just very interested in a rebellious community that was having a fight for for really hip hop is like what I was concerned with. Right. So it's like, it was always a very strange thing being white and like being so in love with a culture that I didn't feel like I necessarily belonged to. Nowadays, I feel like the barriers open a little bit more where white kids feel more comfortable being like just a genuine fan, which is, I think it's important. Like I have to like in some way show a white kid from the suburbs what it is to be a rap fan and what is an acceptable way to take part in it without being disrespectful to it, but also like having a sincere appreciation and love for it. You know, it's, it's funny, man. My, from the outside looking in, when I look at young white fans um, mm-hmm. that, that, get, that get into hip-hop, it seems as if there's this fascination. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, what is that? But just looking at your career and just even hearing you talk, and I would just surmise to, to say that it wasn't a fascination for you as much as it was an understanding. Mm-hmm. Or was it a fascination or a mixture of both? I mean, I just grew up so angry. 
And I felt like from day one, like I'm talking about higher learning. But like, don't, aren't most white kids angry though? <sighs> yeah, but like, I guess, what the fuck are you angry? About? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's real. But I mean, I was really, really right. fucking angry. So it's like I, I was just so drawn to anything that was rebellious. When you think about higher learning, it's like they were like black militants in that movie. It mm. wasn't just right. college kids, and that's really actually really progressive when you think about it. Like I don't think about that being a big theme in pop culture at that time but that was basically the theme of that movie you know and i don't know it's like i always had to try to figure out how to you know play that that certain role where i love this shit so much like i got so into hardcore music and was traveling with bands and stuff but when i really look back on it and think about it it's like i liked rap music more i just felt like i fit more into the you know that that whole scene at the right. time, and I, I like the idea of white kids being able to listen to whatever and and relate to whatever, and not feel like they have to be grouped into white music. Yeah. You know that, that we should be aspiring for a future where that people don't have to group themselves in by that. You know. Hey, yo, internet support for this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show also comes from HelloFresh. HelloFresh is on a mission to save home cooking because it's just too good to go away. Think of HelloFresh as a farm-to-box company because they want everyone to have access to fresh ingredients that inspire great meals. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time and all for less than $10 a meal. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to exact quantities needed so that there's no food waste. And HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review every recipe to ensure that they're nutritionally balanced. Every delivery comes right to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. And now, HelloFresh is offering light spring meals and has just introduced breakfast options. Now, last week, Internet's, they had the turkey burger with the cranberry sauce. And when I talk about delicious, y'all are missing out if y'all don't jump on this, man. So join the mission to save home cooking today. So join the mission to save home cooking today. Get $30 off your first week of deliveries by visiting HelloFresh.com and entering Combat30 when you subscribe. That's HelloFresh.com code Combat, C-O-M-B-A-T, 3-0 when you subscribe to HelloFresh. Delicious ingredients you love to eat, simple recipes you'll love to cook. Get cooking with HelloFresh. We spoke to uh, Dante Ross recently, man, and yep. he talked about he, you know talked about how you know growing up on the Lower East Side, you know, like you know, one of the youngest generations to be into punk rock, mm-hmm. and he was down with the BCs, and that was their shit. And at a certain point, they were like, "This is not filling our soul. Let's mm-hmm. let's go across the street to that hip hop shit." Because and then look look what happened to them, which is, which is fascinating, man. So you, you're listening to hip hop, and you're doing graffiti as well. How'd you get into graffiti? Graffiti, uh, I was just always fascinated by it. I remember having tons of graffiti magazines when I was like 13, 14. Were you 14. nice? You know, for a 13 or 14-year-old, yeah, I feel like I could show you that shit and you would be like, yo, that was actually pretty good. Like, I feel like if I stuck with it, you know, because this is how deep I got into it is there was this message board I was posting on, right, the graffiti message board. So I would meet up with, I met up with this dude, uh, I can't even remember the fucking graffiti names anymore, but like I would meet up with these dudes from Lowell, Massachusetts and shit. I'd be with my other homie who was like 18, even though I'm like 14, and we would drive out there, we'd be stealing mad paint from the Home Depot, meeting up with these dudes who are like 35, super weird, Holy shit. probably doing heroin and shit, and like fucking, we'd be down, we brought them to our train yard, that was our way of getting them in, is that we had this train yard that was- Virgin. Full. You could just Virginal. hang out. There was tons of graffiti that would right. come through, but there was- no cops. Like right. We'd never see cops. We'd be there for eight hours painting, and we, we would meet up with these re- weird old dudes, and they'd be drinking forties and shit. I'd never even seen someone drink a forty, <laughs> and you know they'd be doing graffiti, and that's kind of a big part of how I got into that whole world for a while. But then 
I got caught a couple times, like very early on, like before, like the first time you get arrested. What, 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 what is that? Are you, are you shitting your pants? Or you're like, fuck it. Uh, well, the first time I got arrested was from uh, stealing CDs from uh, Leechmere when I was 13 in seventh grade. Nice. What's, what CDs were those, sir? Uh, you know, one was White Zombie, one was Nine Inch Nails, and I think one was Nas. So that actually kind of like sums it up pretty well now that I think about it. And I think at that time I hadn't heard Nas yet. Right. Wow. I wanted it, but you know, at the time it was a $17 CD in 1997. Yeah. Which was a fucking ripoff. Oh, when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got arrested. Yeah. Oh, and and oh, are you like, did I fuck up? Or are you like, you didn't give a fuck? I mean, I really didn't give a fuck that much. You know, I, I kind of tried to get my life together that you know but i mean it, it really didn't go too well for too how long. are you trying to get your life together i mean i was just getting in trouble in school all the time doing terrible in school my parents were telling me like i was gonna be a fucking failure that i was blowing it my dad my dad worked so hard his whole life to that you know to have a family to have you know a good life and everything and so for him to see his like firstborn just completely thrown it down the toilet i mean i definitely understand in retrospect like it must have been incredibly difficult for him to see that playing out you know but at an early age you realize like you know what fuck it I'm, i might not be a fuck up but i'm not cut out for this mm-hmm. life that my, my dad created i'm not cut out for this nine to five i'm not cut out to be like this you know yeah this this, this I, you know fuck all of this shit i'm gonna do it my way you start fucking getting what age you start getting tatted up man oh, i started getting tattoos when i was 18 okay so i didn't yeah as soon as i like you know, my, the reason why I was able to go to college for two years is my parents told me, like, listen, you're either paying rent or you're going to college. Like, fuck like, that rent yeah. shit. They're like, you go, if you go to college, we'll let you keep sleeping in the basement. Right. If you don't, then you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to community college for a year, and I was taking, you know, English classes, art classes, did all you, stuff. Did you like college? Yeah, I did great. Okay. I actually I got, like, straight A's, like, my first year there. What? Because I did English, art, the stuff I was actually, right. that appealed to me. Like, I remember my, my teachers really being excited about me as an artist because I, like, was just painting and stuff. But I actually gave a fuck. You know, I would actually be, like really working my ass off on it. And then, like, my next year in college, I moved off to the dorms. And it's kind of weird because it's like I didn't start drinking or smoking or anything until I was, like, 25. Like, that's, I was, that's crazy. Yeah, I was straight edge. Like, I, that shit was important Were to you me. Were you really like, straight? Like, you uh, were, like, anti. Why? Well, it's kind of hard to even explain, but that was a big thing socially. Like, at the time, like, I was so into hardcore music. I did not know many people who drank or smoked at that time. Like, all these hardcore kids, they were all straight Straight edge, edge right? Yeah, it was a big, big thing at the time. Like, all these bands I was listening to just made me feel like it was, like, profoundly uncool to get fucked up. And even then, like, I I think I... Over the years, like, I think when when I was 16, I took a couple shots at a party with my girlfriend... Didn't really care for it. And then when I was 21, I kind of had become disillusioned with the straight edge thing. I drank a beer, but then I, like, didn't drink any more for, like, four years after. I just wasn't – I genuinely wasn't into it. It and, wasn't your thing. And a big part of my instinct was right, too. Right. Because, you know, that – especially when you're young. Like, I smoke now. I don't really drink now. And I, I, I think that, like, being – and even with the smoking stuff, it's like I ain't smoked in a couple of days now. Like, I don't really even give a fuck. And it's – I think in a lot of ways, like, being completely free of all that stuff when I was younger, 100%, like, allowed me to have a – a healthy relationship with substances as an adult. Yeah. Know? It's kind of weird, man, because I, I grew up being a fucking pothead. Mm-hmm. And over the past couple of months, man, it's like, I, I don't really like smoking anymore. Really? I, don't even know, I don't even know what that is, man. I don't, I don't know if it's like anxiety. I just don't like smoking anymore. And I'm kind of glad that I'm yeah. kind of, I mean, for now, I mean, I, now I'm a fucking drunk. Now, <laughs> okay, I'm, now okay. I'm fucking alcoholic. Now I just drink. <laughs> but but that's crazy. Um, So, dude, you have so much shit on your rap shit. You become a fucking... Scammer? Oh, yeah. At what age? OG scammer. Uh, uh, OG a, scammer, huh? I mean, it's it early in the game, right? 2003. You know, 2003. So, like, that's pretty early in the game. Like, how yeah. do you start fucking scamming, dude? Oh, man, I love talking about this. I used to tell everybody this story back in the day. Uh, 
Uh, so basically, all right. I was just, you know, like, again, like, I feel like I have to say I was just an angry fucking kid that didn't want anything to do with society, didn't want a normal job, didn't. To me, the best thing that I could possibly do was, like, find a way that I could make a couple thousand dollars a month so that I didn't have to have a job so I can continue to ride bikes, make bike videos. That's what I was concerned with. I was spending a ton of time, on, time online at that time. And so I started, like, I had a friend who got me into shoplifting at first. So what we would do, we'd go to the mall, and we had all these different, like, spots that you could hit up where you could maybe get, like, a couple hundred dollars worth of resale at yeah. one spot. We'd hit up the Barnes & Noble. You know, you're stealing, like, computer programming books that are, like, 140 bucks, And then you take that and put it on eBay and get 50 bucks or whatever. And, you know, was, we were the kings of just walking out of that bitch with, like, $1,000 in books like it was nothing. You know, you put <laughs> a couple in your backpack, a couple under your arm, like, yeah. whatever. It's crazy when I think about it now. I don't know how the fuck we didn't get caught, but you know, you go to Home Depot and you'd be stealing saw blades and shit like that, like thirty dollars. That's a hustle, man. Is Home Depot on, yeah. on eBay? Boom, you got three hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, so I was really, I was grinding it out like that. And what are you then, spending the money on? Uh, I was really just saving. Really? Like I really didn't have much to spend it on, or I was going on BMX trips with my friends. I was, I was make three hundred bucks. That's gas to drive to Florida and back to fucking ride bikes because that's all I cared about. At right, the time, right, right, to be right. Honest, and so then. And, and also for me at the time, it was about not having a job. Like right. it was just a hundred percent. Like I'm not going to fucking work. I'm Did gonna... you like stealing? Yes. <laughs> you liked stealing. Was yeah. it the adrenaline? Yes. When I think about it now, it sounds terrifying. I feel yeah. like I'd have fucking anxiety. I'm trying to steal a Snickers bar, you know, but back then Wait, it you was see, like, y'all here trying to steal Snickers bars. I wouldn't now, but <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't, I don't think I could steal a Snickers bar yeah, now, yeah. you know, like it would just feel wrong. I'd be right. like, nah, that poor fucking Indian guy. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, know? exactly. You could take the 75 cents out of his check, you know? Like, fuck that. I can't do that to somebody now, but I don't know at that time. And then basically there was this kid, and uh, he got in touch with me through, like, a connection. Somebody who he knew was basically like a fence or whatever. And uh, he got in touch with me, and he's like, yo, I know you're doing that bullshit shoplifting stuff. Like, come work with me. I'll show you how to do this. I go to meet up with this kid. He shows me. Basically, you got this thing. It's called an encoder. You get these blank credit cards that you order offline. You buy these the credit. What? Yeah, and you and you buy all these accounts and you swipe them onto these cards. I you, assume you, that with kids these days probably do the same shit. Right. Yeah. Often, you know. Although I think this is kind of a little more highbrow than what some people do because you have to have, have to have the equipment and everything. Right. Of course. But I mean, the real highbrow shit is when you create a whole fake identity for yourself and you go take out like a fucking you buy a car because like think about it. If I had. The you, fuck? If I had your like a fake ID of you and a fake credit card of you, and you got good credit and you got money in the bank, what's going to stop me from going into? Right, like, right. I never did shit like that. Right, right. I was buying laptops and TVs. So, and so at, at 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 some point, man, like, what's your biggest take with, with, with scamming, man? Shit, I, like, I, what's what, your biggest score? See, when I look back at it, it's like we would have weekends where we might make you know ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars resale. So maybe it's almost $30,000 worth of shit because a lot of times the resale you will get would be 40%. Right. Not, yeah. And if you go through a fence, it's going to be like that. And if you sell it yourself, it still might not be that great. You got to put a lot of time into selling this shit. So I was doing that for a couple so of years. So you're saving all this money for what? Uh, like, you know how it is when you got money and you're a dumbass young person too. You know, it's like... I mean, like, no, as, as a young person, shit, as a grown person, yeah. I do dumb shit with my money. But, but to you, be honest, like, when I, I have like a profound memory of having like six figures like when I was young, like when right. I was like 21. And then at a certain point, I moved to New York, you know? And my plan was move to New York and be done with that shit. Be totally done What'd with it. What did you want to do when you, what was I your plan? I wanted to make bike videos. Okay. I wanted to record my friends right. doing bike tricks, do all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, as soon as I moved to New York, I just hurt my back, which is something I've been dealing with since I was like 14. I first hurt my back on, on a bike. On a bike and shit? Yeah, yeah. And it's just always been a terrible like thing that just basically just inconvenienced the fuck out of various parts of my life. And so I was like, you know, I can't. I can't really ride my bike right now. I got to find something else to put my energy into. So I put $250 into an online poker site and I just 
started like from day one. I was on there like 10, 12 hours a day. How much are you pulling in on poker, online poker? I, to be honest, I think I had a couple six figure years. How, like you're how, grinding it out 12 tables. How'd you learn poker, man? I had books, I had forums online. I was just grinding, you know. I was like, like what the fuck is like, dude, who are you, man? I know it sounds weird too. Because no, who I, is this? I don't know. I just didn't have anybody telling me you're that this wasn't an okay genius. thing to try out. No, right? but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna do it legal, do the online poker shit. It was and legal. all of a sudden, I felt like the fucking shit. Like, I remember the first month that I made like $500 from online poker because I had money saved up so I could quit doing the scamming shit right. and just do online poker. So I'm fucking feeling myself for a couple of years there. And then, you know, it, and it was good. But at a certain point, I realized, like, yo, like, this is not the life for me. Like, I'm sitting in front of a computer by yourself in your room, 10 in a room. hours a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the high and the thrill of making that money is cool. But eventually that shit dies down. It dies right? down. And, and with, with your fucking energy, you're like, mm. I got I to gotta live, right? When I realized it was because I had a friend who worked uh, at Urban Outfitters. Right. And I'm talking to him. He's talking about all these girls he knows, all these parties he's going to. I'm like, you're, you're meeting nobody. Yeah, I'm like, you're, you're making, drinking off a lot at the time, man. Oh hell yeah! And I'd be on MySpace trying to find some girls. I'd be searching on MySpace right. trying to fuck. So you're like official creep at this point. Well, you know, I mean, you're, I you're in a fucking cave. The messages. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was basically a cave. And you know the the thing they don't tell you about online poker is you got to piss in a jug. Why? Because you got all all these tables going at the same time. And so you can't if, miss it. If you were to sit out of each one, it would take a long ass time, and it really takes away from like you. It, you know, it's a, just a huge pain in the ass. So you got to keep it. So no girl is fucking you at this time. Oh no, I was getting pussy, but I mean, you, you just, know, not not nearly as efficiently as I might have later in my life. Yeah, you, your game wasn't <laughs> up. So you you're, you're tattooing your face. Like, yeah. what was the first face tattoo, man? Um. Well, I, I, the only shit I have on my face is I have this dagger. And it That's a fucking nice dagger. Head. You like that? Yeah, it's, it's a nice. I just got one. kind of like it. Yeah, it's, I mean, a, it's a very classic. Yeah, tattoo, of course. Uh, I got the upside down cross on my face first, though. I think that was like four or five years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so you know you're not fucking getting a job like, no, like, I like do that. that. No. And then, and then you start doing the the, the, the the BMX videos. Well, so what happened was I was spending so much time playing online poker and also starting to realize, like, yo, I don't really like this shit. This is yeah. actually kind of stupid. Even like, though you're pulling in six figures. Yeah, but it's like at a certain point, I'm like, this is just not the life for me. Like, I was right. looking for a way out, basically. Right, right, right. So... I'm also like, you know, you, you kind of need something else to look at online while you're playing poker all the time. So I start looking at it because I from probably like 98 on, I was reading Double XL on the source every single month. So then, that, that shit was good too, man. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. It was great. I love, oh, I, I mean, I got I mean, Elliot show. Wilson Elliot is the was goat the fucking goat. Being an editor in chief, he is the goat. And yeah. I say that all the time, and he deserves all the props in the world for that shit. Because yeah. to, to me, like, I've always been so fascinated by media companies, period. Like, my mom was telling me, like, you were asking me, like, what is Newsweek? Like, why does this exist? Who runs this? I, I would be reading the masthead trying to figure out, you know, what is this? Like, why the fuck are all these people together making a magazine, you know? And, like, as, so as soon as I found, like, Elliot made me even way more obsessed with hip-hop because he made me see it from the perspective of a guy who had to pump out of dope magazines. And he was so month. fucking aggressive. Like, you hadn't seen that in, ma in magazines at Whoa, that time. 50 on the cover six times in a year and shit. <laughs> just Amazing. killing the source. Oh, he just destroyed it. How do yeah. you, you destroy a brand that legendary? And I mean, granted, they, they did destroy themselves. They, exactly, yeah. But, you know, they did destroy themselves. Elliot was on their neck. And yeah. I loved it. I love that yeah. shit. Um, but you know what it was at a certain point, I realized like, damn, I'm not reading Double XL anymore because I'm looking at Nan Wright. I'm looking at Two Dope Boys. All that shit. Shout so, out to SK, man. Yeah, SK the GOAT, man. Actually, I should have fucking tried to meet up with him out here. But, you know, that just it stood out to me like, yo, I'm not buying Double XL anymore. Like, I literally stopped going to the news. Isn't it weird? Like, how blocks. you were a fucking mag. Like, I, mm -hmm. one day you're a magazine junkie. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't live without magazines. And the next day it's like, I, I don't want this shit anymore. Yep. It's I, just it's, everything's online. And so yeah, I, I just died overnight. I saw my own behavior. Yeah. I was like, 
well, if this just happened in rap, it's going to happen to everything else too. So I was really into BMX. BMX has always been about magazines. I was like, you know what? Somebody needs to start a blog. I didn't put any thought into it. The name, nothing. It was just, I just started a little blog, started putting what, some what in was the name? to come up. Come up, yeah. There you go. Okay. So I just started posting videos and maybe, you know, writing my opinion here and there. And it just, huge fan base right away. Pretty much like, because from the day one, I was saying, yo, magazines are over. Yeah. Which really did not endear a large part of the industry to me. But you were right. I was right. Yeah. I mean, you, when you're right, you, people people years. piss off. But you know what's weird? You don't get points for being right after the fact. Like, ain't nobody in BMX saying, like, oh, Adam told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now exactly. it seems really obvious. Yeah. Of course the magazines went away. 2007, that wasn't obvious. Right. But I don't get any points for that. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. So now, now, you start, now you start pulling in six figures. Uh, well, to from, be, from the site, right? I stopped playing poker completely at the moment that I hit $2,000 a month in monthly revenue from the BMX website because I was just like, you know what? This is, I need to be able to put 100% of my time into this. So I withdrew everything from the poker account, left it for dead, uh, never touched it again. And you miss it at all? No, not at all. I won't even, I'm on vacation. I won't play blackjack. I won't play roulette. I won't play poker. I'm in not, real life? I'm just not interested. Maybe yeah. if, I, if I got bored on vacation... I guess I could sit there and play some poker, but it don't really – it's not really that exhilarating to me. Yeah. It's just kind of – you know, I, I did so much of it. When you grind out like that yeah, I know what you mean, man. When you, man. when you do something like 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 blog, I, blog, I don't, I don't want to write anymore. Oh, exactly. I, did I don't want to fucking write so anymore. Once you write like, here's the new video from blank, and yeah. it's called blank, and it's about blank, blank. And Dude, blank. I was writing 2,000 <laughs> words a day, yeah. and it was like after a while, it's like I, I got no more, yeah. man. Yeah. So you're living in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was, oh, was, for the record, I was living in Astoria at first. Okay. I did like two years in Astoria and then like five years in Bushwick. How was Bushwick, man, at the time? Uh, when I first moved there, I had absolutely no uh, clue that it was going to become the thriving, hipster, gentrified metropolis that it is look, now. Look, look at what it is right now. There right? was no indication of that, yeah. I remember. Like, there was, there was no, no white bar- people There was no the bars. Block. There was no nothing. Nah. Like, and that happened after living there for a couple of years. It was like, oh, fuck. Because uh, you know, the, the organic, big, uh, you know, organic bodega pops up yeah. and the little bar pops up and stuff like that. Which is, you know, I saw the area get nicer, which was cool. Did you but, like Brooklyn? Oh, I love Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Because in Astoria, it was cool, but it wasn't really much of a... There wasn't like a youth contingent. Oh, no, it's like more families and shit. Yeah, and once I was in Brooklyn for a while, I started to be more like, oh, there's actually these really cool bars. There's like actually, you know, some some real culture here that I didn't necessarily get when I was living in Queens as much. So, what gets you to move to LA? After doing, uh, you know, around 2010, it just kind of occurred to me like, there's the whole BMX industry is in LA. I love good weather. I I was kind of amazed. I'm like, I didn't. Were you were you smoking weed at the time? No. Okay. I, I was a little bit, right. but very infrequently. Because yeah. you know, a right? lot of people moved to L.A. for the weed. Right, yeah. This is right around the time. Like, when I moved to L.A. was when I started smoking weed more right. heavily, to be honest. I mean, you know? obvious. Yeah, and uh, too much for a while, man. I was getting way too high for yeah. a while when I first moved there. I don't like that shit, man. The colors smashing you in the Yeah, face I don't like that shit, man. I can't, I, can't, I can't function like that, man. When I first moved out there, I was getting too high. Did you like L.A. when you hit it? Did you know that was the spot for you? When I first moved, there was this fucking punk rock Puerto Rican girl that I was like low key still had feelings for. So I was kind of like wavering back and forth on like whether I should actually do it or not. Right. Where, where was she in, in New York? In Bushwick. In Bushwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the corner, and it was like we kind of had like a weird thing. Like even after I moved there for like a month, it still was like in my head that maybe this was important. Maybe I fucked up. Right. But you know, like after a couple months, I was just like, you know what? Anything I could do there, I could do here, right. and I just, you know, I don't know. I, I still love New York so much, and I, I, I love the idea of like coming back for a week, coming back for two weeks, 
at the end of the day. It, the thing is that right now, if I were to try to leave LA, there's a five billion things keeping me there. You yeah. know, I can name ten things off. Which, the top which of my is amazing. Head. Which yeah. is amazing. I mean, it's it's home for you right now. And in New York, it's like I was there for seven years, right. and I had friends, but I never felt that I had that thing that was keeping me there. You know, you seem so like non bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you go to LA, and there's so much bullshit in LA. Like, how do how the fuck do you survive in LA, especially with your temperament? Mm-hmm. When you, where, where from my my, my my impression is motherfuckers lie all the time and mm-hmm. they promise you shit and they don't deliver like how do you deal with that shit man I mean my attitude is like there's a ton of fake ass people that are trying to use me and to some extent I'm gonna be a fake ass person too and I'm gonna try to use you in the sense of like if you're somebody I can get some money with alright we can do that right. if you're somebody who maybe I want to interview you because I'm interested in you even though I think you're a fake ass person it is what it is but at the end of the day it's like I'm still around a lot of the people that I like have been around for 10 years. Like a lot of my friends are the people I've been with for a long ass time. And at the end of the day, it's like I, I enjoy being somewhat hostile towards people that just want to come up off me. Like right. I love being in the position that people want to come up off me and that I cannot respond to the DM and that they think they're popping and they're offended that I didn't respond. I, I like that. Like I like pissing people off and I like letting people know that I'm not going to fucking deal with this shit. So it actually is kind of – I mean people talk about how fake LA is. And it's like, yeah, we're gonna fuck these fake ass hoes. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we're, we're, like, gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, capitalize on this. And shit. we're gonna get these fake ass dudes to give us money for fucking advertisements or whatever the fuck they want to. You know, it's like at the end of the day, it's like you're with your people, right? And I don't give a fuck. And nothing else fake. matters. Yeah, right. It don't matter to me. Yeah. But but all you wanted to do was open up your bike shop. That was a big part of it. I moved out there because I was. Uh, Really trying to like get the clothing brand popping on some shit. Right. So I really like wanted to, you know, open a bike shop, get on some shit popping as a clothing line. I really wanted to do all that. But, you know, I, I feel like that was, yeah, I moved out there and like something happened where I just started to take my life a lot more seriously what when happened? I got out there. Well, um, to be totally honest, I got into a relationship with this girl that was like really intense for like three, four months. And then we, we broke up and it was a really like jarring thing because I really, really did care about her and I liked her a lot. Why'd you guys break up? Because she met some other guy that she wanted to marry. So <laughs> She didn't want to marry you. Yeah. She's well, like, she, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, she, that was the whole thing is that she was like simultaneously dating both of us for right. a very, like, for How'd you months. find out? I think I found out because she went to the Emmys with him and somebody sent me a photo. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> God damn, like Emmys. not even keeping yeah. it low. She's like, I'm high post. Yeah, and she, so she, and, she but, broke but your she, heart, man. Yes, but she was still trying to convince me that she wasn't fucking him, even yeah. though she went to the Emmys with him. I'm like, motherfucker, I know. Adam, how- what, 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 Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam, what do you do with a broken heart, man? What, what's Adam like with a broken heart, man? You lay in bed, you smoke fucking weed, and you fucking stare at the ceiling. And then I actually, I got to send a big thank you to my current business partner on, on some shit. This guy Alfredo, and he, he has a YouTube channel. His name's Alfredo Mancuso, and he sort of recognized what I was going through, and he didn't really like have any reason to, but he sort of started to like call me and be like, yo. Come to the club, yo. Come to the bar. We're gonna. And he, took he was me looking out. out for you. Yeah, and he got me drunk, and he introduced me to fucking hoe ass girls, and like just basically like got me. <laughs> you know, you get into that mind state. I can only be with this one person, and, and it was really bad for my ego, man. Right. Because she left me for a dude who was like, without question, more popping than me, cooler oh. than me, etc. You know, and I it, like it was, it was very jarring to my ego at that time. So I had to like. And and in the come down, this is a fucking great story. This is like it's like this is like a fucking comic book. It's like yo, <laughs> I, I got fucking blown up to bits. But, but I mean, like yeah, like I, at a certain point, I just like started to like, and, and I have to thank Alfredo. He took me, he just like kind of cracked me out of that. But in the reformation but as fuck, of my as, ego, as you're meeting these hoe ass chicks, uh-huh. you're still heartbroken. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, like, I right? mean, you know, it, it helps. It helps your ego a little, a little bit, bit, but you know? you're like, uh, yeah, the Emmys. Was, you know, and it, the fucking Emmys. But, okay, but the important <laughs> part, the important part about the hoe, the hoes after the breakup, is just that it reminds you 
there's a disease where you just believe that you can only be with one person. Right. That's not true. Right. Could, there's a lot of people under the face of the sun that you could be happy with. You right. know? Of course. And you could be happy by yourself too. Yeah. And it's like in that complete and total dis- – like you talk about ego death when you do acid and stuff. I've been through that. I had ego death through a breakup where it's like it obliterated my image of myself down to the core of like what are you for real right. and what do you really want to do with your life and who do you really want to be. And I was sort of like – I, I had been so wounded in that moment that it forced me to like rebuild myself and rebuild myself in what I wanted to be as opposed to what I had always been. Right. And it was that depression that allowed me to break out of like some of the ideas that I had had in my head about what I had to be. Yeah. Why fashion, man? I've always you just know, I mean, let me tell you something. I didn't right. know anything about your fashion game mm-hmm. at all. Um, and the last, I think the last time we was in LA, we took an Instagram post, and you put it on on your on your IG um, site. And then afterwards, it was like 2,000 motherfuckers commenting on your T-shirt. Oh, really? Okay. They were like going crazy over your fucking... For me, like, that's a silly-ass T-shirt. They're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. They were going fucking crazy, dude. Like, what the... F- like, but you like- know what the f- crazy thing is? Is that I couldn't tell you one thing about that T-shirt. Right. A fan sent me that. And right. It's like a character from some anime that I don't even know what it is. And so you remember the T-shirt you had on? Yeah, They were fucking I, going crazy. I only ever wore it once. Right. Because, like, I, I mean, you say fashion. It's like... I've been wearing the same thing my whole life. Tight black jeans, Vans or some other shoe, and then T-shirts. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's like, I mean, that that T-shirt was just some shirt some kids sent me. And that's what I like. Like, I wear every every T-shirt pretty much once because I have so many fans who send me shit. Right. And I just like to, like. So your whole wardrobe them. is basically. Yeah, it's my own shit. Yeah. Like, that I wear because it's mine. And I'm promoting it. And then it's like, <clears throat> honestly, I, I would say I probably I average like 10 T-shirts a day. Right. Never mind, like hoodies and all the other shit people give me. So it's kind of. It I, I like that hoodie. I need that hoodie, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I, I got you. I, I, thank you, man. I need okay. that extra large. Okay. Yeah, and, and the team needs one too, man. Yeah, the No Jumper uh, online store. Yeah. No Jumper. So, so how's the fashion thing doing, man? It's good. You know, like in terms of having a, a, a clothing brand with on some shit, it's just like I, there was a moment all right, where where Karma Loop started really popping in yeah. 2008, and I was looking at it and I was thinking, yo, this is like very like innovative like new interesting streetwear and i was looking at brands like diamond and crooks and i, I wouldn't buy it really like I, I remember i got a free package of crooks one time and i was kind of hyped and i bought a few other things but you know it never really like at the end of the day i was always like why am i gonna go spend a bunch of money to buy a t-shirt from some skate company when i'm a bmx rider and i don't give a fuck about their brand i could start my own brand i could do my own thing i got all these cool ass friends around me we can make bmx videos and maybe the t-shirts will will pay for the videos right. you know that was the idea so it's like I never saw it as a fashion thing. I saw it as like, yo, I think the shit that me and my friends are doing is doper than the shit that is popular right now. And in retrospect, I was wrong. I mean, in the sense that you know, <laughs> there, there were very, very good reasons that right, like right. Crooks and Castles was very, very popular. And as a businessman, as an adult, I could see that right. and see what the aesthetic their and, and, was, and, yeah. and their brand and, and they were very progressive at right. that time. But at that time, I'm an angry ass kid. I'm like, fuck that shit, man. Of like, course, our shit is dope. We're riding BMX every day in fucking Brooklyn and downtown. We, we're about you know? this shit. Yeah, like fuck everybody. Like, <laughs> wearing no Supreme. I, I still like. I respect Supreme so much as a brand for the jug that they pulled off for all these years, but it just never made sense to me as yeah, a person. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would I want to take part in somebody else's shit when I could do my own shit yeah. or support the people that are in my orbit? You know, drugs. Drews. You like drugs, man? You know. At this point. I got that on and off relationship with him in the sense that like once in a while, like I had a, a weekend with her uh, a couple weekends ago where it was like three days straight of just being kind of in a haze, drinking Coke, Zans, weed. Damn. And it's like, you know, and, and somehow in all that, I still managed to get like an eight or nine hour stretch of work in like on Saturday afternoon. God bless you, man. And then still, but then as soon as that's done, boom, I'm back yeah. hanging out with her. I mean, but you know what? I think drugs 
Listen. I'm just, I'm just internet's. I'm just bracing myself. Internet's like I like I told y'all before. Yeah, go ahead. Jack did that so you wouldn't have to go through that. I think Jack's still doing that. You're right. But you know, life Don't changes. Don't him, please. Don't enable him. I mean, him. I mean, I'm wearing a nice shirt right now. <laughs> Listen, drugs are good. I mean, they have a place. Drug, drugs are good, like, right? If you don't abuse drugs, mm-hmm. drugs are good, right? right. I mean, right? I, I think that's a very unpopular thing to say, right? I've, I certainly feel like my life has been a man. Man is like, what, the, like what, what are y'all looking at me for? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, said, don't die. I mean, so, so, so out of all the drugs, what's your favorite? Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, the shit that I actually like that I have to make sure that I don't do very often is the, is the downers. Like, I love You almost like, got caught up. With the Zannies, right? I mean, to be honest, like that article kind of made it sound worse than it was. I basically, I I remember I had this one really bad week where there was this girl from Ireland and she flew out and like she basically like hit me up on Facebook or some shit and like wanted to hang out. She came over, she had a big ass bag of Zans and like I didn't know any better. I thought they were like pain pills and I'd kind of like taken Vicodins and shit. Did you take the full three tabs? (laughs) No, no. Well, I took the whole bar. The the whole fucking bar. You're supposed to bite that shit. Dude. (laughs) Dude. No. I only took Zans once. Okay. It was last year. And had this fucking meeting, and this, oh, this, a friend of mine gives me the whole fucking bar, cause, cause we had been doing blow. I'm happy you're here all, today. All night. Yeah. So it's like if oh, you I'd want, rather do blow before. But the it's meeting. like if you want to come down yeah. here. So I got the three, and I just pop it, and I'm sitting in this meeting like, and the only thing I could say is like, yo, I got the worst <laughs> flu. Like the, I got the flu because right. I'm nodding through the whole fucking. Meeting, dude. Right. This shit was embarrassing. I looked like I was on drugs. What's after Zans, though? Once you, once you, uh, well, what's the next? The way it actually goes. You, sound, you seem that, pretty curious, King. Oh, is it lean? Like, no, well, you know? lean is designer as fuck. Do like, you fuck with lean? Yeah, I love it. But do I don't you like really lean? Do it like that, dude. How, dude, you you seem so energetic, man. Like I know, but sometimes you want to just hit that switch and turn I could, it off. I hate that. I, I, <laughs> give me coke, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Give me fucking coke. Once you start doing both together, that's when you're in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. You go up and down. And yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah I mean, but then you then then you learn to start like yeah. balancing and 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 kind of like orchestrating yeah. the the journey and the and trip. It's tough because the more popping you get, the more fucking drugs people start handing. I went to the studio with my boy Smoke Perp the other day, and a guy fucking held out a pint. He goes, "You want a fucking line of of, of lean?" I'm yeah. like, "A line." A line is an ounce. An ounce, okay. So that's like if you drank an ounce right, right. now, you'd probably be taking a nice See, the lean, the lean, shit scares, the, lean, the lean shit scares me, man. It is scary because it's just like heroin. It's yeah. like, mm. it's, for me, it's Have like- Have you done heroin? No, no, no. Like, pe- like, I, like heroin scares me. Yeah. But I hear people that say that heroin yeah. is the best fucking high ever, just like you're being smothered in a in this comforter of comfort. That's kind of what lean is like, too, so yeah. I feel you. You like Molly? Yeah, Molly is intense as shit, though. Yeah. Me and her- You just want to touch shit. Oh, God, bro. Me and her had a fucking... We wasted a lot of money on my birthday. We went to this rap show that my homies were playing and shit. We took Molly, like, pretty much as soon as we got there. 30 minutes later, I'm, like, grabbing her thighs so hard. And I'm just like, you want to go back? She's like, yes. (laughs) We hop in the Uber, the $100 Uber back to L.A., you know, it's just I don't know. Like the older I get, the more I don't want to fuck with the uppers and yeah. stuff. The the downers, I feel like I can allow myself to do once right. in a while. Like I'll be honest, I probably drink lean once a month. Right. And and watch out, man. Don't get that distended stomach. Right. Man. But then quite often, I end up regretting it too. I was in the studio with some homies the other day. You had to like, take a shit. No, it was just it was more just <laughs> I was useless on the couch for right. fucking. I fell asleep on the couch for four hours. They're telling no. me about people who came to the studio. I'm no. like, damn, I wish I got to see him. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's crazy, man. Yeah, man. So you you would say your favorite is the Downers? Yeah, but I just I gotta be real. Coke careful. is king, man. I Coke mean, is king. Let me tell you, Coke is Coke is fucking king. If dude. you're out drinking, 
Coke's pretty fun. Yeah. I, I don't want to do Coke by itself. Ever, yeah, yeah. Which I know is probably not. Combat just increasing his Coke ally. Yeah. No, no, no. Hey, hey, listen, listen. This is all, you know, figurative speech right here. But man. you know what the problem is? Allegedly. Like Allegedly. People will view you as being like a real deal Cokehead because you acknowledge that you've done Coke. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, I but, but, that, but, but that's the, the, stig- that's the stigma bit, you know? of Coke. Like, Coke yeah, has yeah. the worst. It's not. Okay, dude. Listen, everybody. That's in the fucking game. Everybody that's in the nightlife, and this is, you're talking about a late bloomer. This, you're talking about somebody whose, whose whole life situation has changed, and I've been hanging out a lot this, this, this year. Mm. It's my first time I did Molly is this year, right? Proud of you. Everybody fucking does coke. Everybody, but no one wants to admit that so shit. So coke is a new weed in terms of- Coke is an old weed. No, right. Coke has always been hot. Right. 70s, 80s, 90s. Here's it the was thing, like, though. It was the, like the, the forbidden- The rap kids I know- they don't do coke really? very often. Really, black kids don't do coke for the most part. I disagree. I, in, in, really? In, yeah, in New York and Bushwick and, and Williamsburg, they do fucking I feel like coke. That is the. Pl- I never knew about like black kids doing coke when I lived yeah. here. Yeah, or I mean, they'll whisper. I, I all, they'll be like, "Hey, man, yeah. like, um, we've got a drugs hoodie on. Like, you know where the coke is?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." Yeah, so, but a lot of the kids I know like smoke purple and little pump. I'll be in the studio with them and stuff. I mean, they're taking Zans and Lean all the yeah, time. Yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, but, but they don't. They, they, they don't take Molly, but they would never do coke for some right. reason. That seems really bad. To yeah, them, yeah, you know. Because it really you makes absolutely no sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking it and snorting What's up, Chris? Chris Mars in the building. Chris yeah. Mars sitting like a monk on the floor instead of using that folding chair. And I really respect that. Dude, this podcast game. You're, yes. you're a great interviewer. I appreciate that. I read something. I, I think this might be bullshit because if it is, then I, I'm, not, I'm nothing. Like you've, I've read you say that you you prepare ten hours. I like ten hours for a fucking interview. Well, to me, what's it's the like, fuck are you trying to find out? <laughs> I just want to get really comfortable with it. And okay, it's not ten hours straight of me sitting there, but like, okay, I just did Wyclef. Yeah. So if I'm gonna interview Wyclef, I got to listen to every Fuji's album. No. You don't think so? There's only one Fuji's album. Yeah, I know. You're right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean but, one and a half. But, <laughs> included in that is his solo <laughs> career, too. Yeah, no, but like, but right. there's only yeah, two, yeah. two or three albums you got to listen to. Right. You, know, you got to listen like to the Carnival. Albums, but you got to listen to all the music videos on YouTube. I'm, I'm very concerned Maria, with Maria, Maria and all. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to watch all the videos yeah. of not only the Fuji's, but yeah. his solo career as well. They gave me the link to his new album. So yeah. I had to really. Yeah, I got to listen to that. I got to. How is it? Flames. Is it? Yeah, it's dope. Right. I haven't listened to it since. Yeah, I, got, yeah, I, I, I got to listen to that shit because I, I got an upcoming interview with with, with Clef. Yeah. Oh, really? No, it's because I mean, he brings I, the I, guitar. He plays the. No and did he, did he bring the singers? Uh, he had a couple of girls that that he works with. That yeah, were with him, but they weren't. So really he he bought a couple of girls. That's his shit, huh? Oh, he's just he has a guitar. And, motherfucker, yeah. you ever met in your he's life? He's fucking crazy dude. too, man. Unreal. And also him on Drink Champs with Nori is phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like unreal the vibe they had going in that room but um 10 yeah. hours okay but get you know, the fuck out of here listening to the music a lot of reading writing questions what it is for me is honestly and that's what i appreciate is that it's like a meditation on that person right. like me really trying to get in touch with what is the most interesting thing i could talk to this right. person about what is the most interesting angle i could take this like before your interview it's like i had to listen to you get interviewed by you know i might have been i listened to two other interviews with you and yeah. that and then maybe went through your instagram for 20 minutes you know you find out a lot about me from instagram you know i don't even remember twitter but I twitter, I, I, through twitter yeah, yeah exactly yeah I, I, three hours max man but i'm looking you really yeah, three, yeah. three hours max man. i mean three hours often but yeah. then this is the problem is that you got somebody like wyclef i kind of know he's going to be a good conversationalist yes. even if i'm not well researched right but then a lot of times i'm interviewing a 19 year old rapper that just came out 
I need 40 questions in front of me because you have to carry. That's what you have yeah. to. Ca- you got to carry this and shit. That's what will take my anxiety level down. Is if I. But why don't you do I, like what Charlemagne said? What do you mean? Like Char- when you on Brilliant Idiots, like yeah. Charlemagne's like, yo, I hate bad interviews. Yes. And at a certain point, he's like, yo, you're, you're fucking trash. Get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like like like, th- and this is the thing that I grapple with. Like and, and fortunately, I don't have a lot of bad you can do subjects. That. You're very mainstream in comparison I, to yeah, me. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of bad subjects. But at this point, I feel. I'm trying to interview you, mm-hmm. right? If I'm doing, if I did at least three hours of research on you, and I'm interviewing you, and you have nothing, you're disrespecting mm. my. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I feel you. But a lot of the best interviews, like get you know, the fuck out. <laughs> a lot of the best interviews I ever did were like people who were hard to get to talk, right? And I ended up being very thankful that I had that big list of questions so that I could really like work on it and have something. But to the, fall but back it doesn't on. feel good when you're carrying an interview, dude. Yeah, but they want these hot little kids in the interview. You know, I, I mean, it makes you money, right? And, it, it, and it's it, like if I like their music, like right. a lot of these 19 year old kids that can barely string a sentence together, it's like I like their music a lot, and I want to know what's up with them, you know? So yeah. like, or even like somebody like Trippy Red, it's like. I just did his interview. I Who? think he's f- f- trippy red. I know none of these motherfuckers. No, no. You're gonna love him. <laughs> yeah, the, last person, so, the last person you put me on was little peep. I owned the little. What's the little, other one? Little, little, little pump. Like it's too little, little peep. Little dick. Yeah, peep top. No, it's it's weird when like your famous rapper friend comes out as bi. Yeah. Because uh, now I got to make all these jokes about hooking up with him and stuff. Like I got to poke, poke fun at it without trying to seem homophobic. Right. So what's up, Pete? Are, are you homophobic, man? <laughs> no, no. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit anymore, right? No, I don't care. Speaking yeah. of which, man, I'm, I'm glad I met her. Yes. In real life, because I've been looking at her on- online. You know, no creep shit. You're fu- you're fu- you your fucking girl, Lena? Lena. She's fucking hot, dude. How the fuck did you pull her? She DM'd me. What? what? Yeah, that makes it cooler, right? Right? <laughs> She DM'd you, and, and, did, and, and you, I'm sure you get a lot of DMs. Mm. But when you get her DM, did you go like, what the fuck? Is this real? That booty definitely had me intrigued. She sent you the booty? Like, well, I'm just looking at her Instagram pages. I'm like, damn, I might need, I need to explore that. I might need to find out what's going on down there. I might need to go spelunking. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we kicked it and we right. just got along pretty well. I mean, we went through some like periods of not talking when we first linked up. You know, we wouldn't hang out for a month and then we would, you know, and then I kind of, I don't know, just slowly sort of started to make sense. You know, I really like. What started to make sense? The I mean, fact I, that, I the, the fact that she's, like the fact that before. she's bi. The fact oh, that, that well, she brings in other chicks. Because that's, you know, let me tell you something, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something. One thing I'm learning. Uh-oh. The key, the key is a bisexual chick. That's the key. I'm rocking with you, bro. That's, is that the fucking key? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. That's because, the fucking key. Because otherwise you feel like you're in prison your whole life, right? Yeah, it's like you you, you don't look at that that chick. Is, no. It, it, because I'm an explorative person right. sexually. I like having interesting, fun sexual experiences, and it's very hard for me. To life imagine. is short, man. Yeah, that just because you fall in love with a girl that you then have to like cut off all the interesting, fun times you might have in your life. And I felt lucky that she's open-minded, too, That she because she was bisexual, like dated a girl for four years before right. me. I mean, and, I mean, and that, that's a real bisexual. It's like, it's, it's not no novelty right. shit. She was a, like, a let's campus have a threesome because we're on the fuck. Molly, like, like, right. like, I like chicks. Nah, yeah, she and was like fully about that, but then she like fully went heterosexual, and then met me, and then. Do I you ever get scared with what that a chick might be able to pull your chick? Like, not. Yeah. I'm not talking about have sex with your chick. Might be able to pull your chick. Nah, because I just don't. I that see shit is kind of scary, dude. Appreciating girls, but right. not to that extent. I don't right. think. Yeah. So you, know. you, you, get, you guys. Um, what I love about this is like you've you've been very successful on your own, and then you know, um, you guys are successful together like in terms of how open you are with your relationship like you know i think people really love it people seem very inspired by us threesomes how do you yeah. prepare for a threesome 
How do you prepare for a threesome? So I'm watching. I'm watching Insecure. Yeah. Okay. See, watch, I, I don't even know what that is. So it's I'm a, it's, it's I a popular show it. in yeah. LA, and there's this guy Lawrence who's trying to figure his way out. Okay. And he, you know, he's been in a long-term relationship. He's out of a relationship right now. He gets picked up by these two chicks. They bring him to to their apartment. The the the, the two the th- the three way is about to go down. Right. And they they, they offer him some coke. And he's like, nah. Mm-hmm. And he fucks up the fucking three way. Really? Like, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's a fucking three way. Like, you gotta. Yeah. Like how how do you get prepared for a three way dude? Well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, is that if you're gonna have three girls sucking your dick and you do coke <laughs> and it makes it so it's harder to come, I mean, that might be a good thing in that coke, moment. Coke is I, king. I haven't done coke every time I've had a threesome, <laughs> but I have noticed that it's a pretty effective coke, tool. Coke is king. Yeah, because you don't want to bust a nut in five minutes. You don't no. want to bust a nut in twenty minutes. Like I'm have, have you? With in five minutes with multiple girls? Yeah. Shit. In my early days, yeah, probably. Isn't that the worst? Like, do you just fucking go in the bathroom and, like, fucking shit? Oh, hell no, I reload. Yeah. I'm jerking off how that you, pud. How do you, how do you reload? Man, I just do it. No, how do you reload? Because when it, I mean, I'm older. Right. When it's dead, dude, it's like, I, I, I no, don't want to touch I, it. I don't. I, I, I don't want to touch the shit. To be honest, I used to kind of be like that, where I would only be capable of one or maybe two nuts in a night. Right. But... That's a, that's some good drugs. You know, I mean, but, but that's no, but no. Like over time, I've kind of learned that it's like I can rise to the occasion. If she wants four nuts out of me, I got it. I got that on deck. It God might be hard damn. to get the last one. You sir, an honorable man. You know, it's like it just is mind over matter. So, is there like a dynamic? And also, no condom because if there's a condom, I ain't buzzing oh, yeah, more yeah, than yeah, once yeah, or yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so is there a dynamic? Is is, is Lena in charge? Like, is are, 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 yes, there, are, yeah. are there any? Are you, can can we? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Then here we go. Lena the plug at Lena the plug at Lena the plug. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So, are you in charge? I'm the dick manager. You're the yeah, dick manager. For the most part, this yes. is what I hear. This is what I hear. It's like in a threesome, like your girl has to manage that shit. If she's a, if she's blessing her man with a threesome, why does she have to be in control? Well, if I'm in control and I'm talking to the girl, then I know there's nothing suspicious going on outside of it. He doesn't even have. To, he might not necessarily even have a number. Like we could have sex with her. Hang out with her or whatever, and then it's like it's all it's all clean in my opinion. You I know? mean, we've done that. And I don't even know their name. So, so I've heard, which, is my, which is my fault. But so, so, I, so I heard, I've heard different things. I've heard you can watch, you can get a blowjob, you could you could fuck, but I still have to. Oh, he has permission sh- to do everything with all the girls. He's still like every single time will look at me, be like, "Can I kiss her?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So, 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 how do you feel, man? Like, you you seem like such a fucking independent, strong headed dude. Right. How do you feel about like yielding? This control to your girl, isn't it? You got, you got to like keep her happy. Like she's right. the main part of it. She's the one who's allowing it to happen. And half the time, to be honest, or the majority of the time, like the girls are more into her. Like they might like actually girls are fuck more me. into girls. Yeah, they like, like whatever. They like me, but they like her. Right. Like really yeah. like her. Like, right. It's crazy. Which is great like, for me. Which is great for me too, because it's like honestly, I don't even have to fuck the other girl. I could be sitting there watching them fuck each other and just be going cur- like my fucking heart's about to bust out of my chest because <laughs> I think it's so hot. <laughs> I love I the, the look you get in your eyes. Yeah, if I get like, to slide so in the other one for 10 minutes and hey like beautiful you know? Lena has there ever been a time when you're like this motherfucker's enjoying himself way too fucking much <laughs> oh no I get, it makes me so happy right. I love it I'm like oh yes we're making him happy like that That to me that turns me on you know you so cousins? it's like <laughs> yes. I got cousins yes, yes, yes king yes. king dream your dreams king <laughs> king this this, this. And there's, Yo, there's rappers who always what do we go to LA, LA again Yo, every king. rapper is like yeah we're... king is the king of three oh, souls no. um, and you never get jealous oh no, no, no. oh so so Last question on this: Would you guys ever bring another dude in? Nah, no. why not? I don't think so. To be honest, all right. <laughs> there was one time that we had a conversation about it where I at least 
talked about it. Right. It was a situation. Did where you bring it up, or did you? Did you ever? Him want... and this other dude brought it up. It was, okay. We we were hanging out with this dude, and like he's very very like famous and successful. Pause. It sounds right. really good for me to say that, but we were in the conversation <laughs> with him, and we mentioned something about us having a threesome, and his girlfriend is the super famous model. Right. And he just said something that was like basically like alluded to like, oh yeah, we should all hang out, like make it made it almost seem obvious, and she's like, but that's more like swingers than a fucking three way. It was no? really weird because right. I'm thinking I'm like, damn, I feel like. Bang that if, if there ever would be a scenario where I maybe would be okay with it, but because because I don't know him like that either. Right. Like he's like I, I'm cool with him, but I don't know him like that. So if it went if it went down right, and then your fucking elbow actually kind of like you know scrape past yeah, his man. nut. But you've nah. had threesomes with other guys, but yeah, not without yeah, me. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought yeah, we just be. But it's more fun. You know what? It, day, it's yeah. more fun with a chick. Or oh, two yeah, chicks. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more fun. When it's two dudes and a chick, I feel like you almost always end up sort of feeling like there's like a power imbalance. And you're demoralizing the, the chick. You're fucking destroying her. It doesn't her. have to be like that, but at the end of the day, is it usually like that? <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, I, I've seen from, you know, friends of mine, mm-hmm. you know, threesomes with, with two guys and the chick. And then at the end of the night, the chick's crying. Really? It's, it's not a good sign. That's, it's it's not a good sight. Right. It's mean, not you, a good sight. You played sight. the cards wrong in the first place if it ended up like that because you know you gotta like make sure. Do we play the? I mean, they no, played you the, them. No, yeah. not me. Them. They played the cards <laughs> wrong. You want to make sure that everybody. Threesome yeah. <laughs> takes a huge overt amount of attention to everybody's yeah, feelings yeah. because you want to be concerned with the other girl, even though you also want to be concerned with your girl, and you want to make sure your girl doesn't think you're that concerned with the of other course. girl. Of course. So you got to play it off, too. That's <laughs> the other weird. thing. You're like, uh, this is all right. Uh, 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 it's all right. <laughs> if you agreed to do that and, and your friend had bought his girl, then the only plausible thing would be for you guys to swap. I guess. Otherwise, it'd be like, oh, could you stand watching another dude? Girl. That's the question. Is I don't fucking, know. I don't know. No, I don't and that's the whole no. Once you get to that point, it's like no. All I'm saying is that that one no. conversation Hell, that her no. and I had Absolutely. about this other couple, we briefly entertained the idea. We didn't go out of our way. Yeah. We didn't, you know. But right, that right. that at least made me think there's some tiny percentage of me that would be interested in it. But I don't. Um, yeah. Nope. No, you're like lend over your girl, and you, you yeah, go. Yeah, you say no, no, that's no, your no, opinion yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, you, you want a family down the line, man? Because you, you come from such a strong family. You know, your family was such a, uh, 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 you know, regardless how much you rebelled when you were younger, man. They they really shaped you, and they did a good job. Yeah, you know. I mean, my feeling is like, you know, one day I'm gonna be 45, and I'll be rich as fuck, and I'm probably gonna be kind of bored. Right. So probably someday. Yeah. You know, not 45. I don't know when, but you know, at a certain point, it's like. Yeah, I'm sure I could, but I'm so fucking focused on this bread and this fucking podcast shit and this everything right now that it's hard for me to even think about what it would be like to take my life right now and carve out a gigantic chunk of it to care about somebody else more than you're pretty smart, man. You're pretty fucking focused, man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, What's your thoughts on the future of mankind, dude? Like with all the shit that's going on right now, I kind of fucking want to give up, man. I can't, but I want to, man. I don't know, because I mean, I'm like watching, you know, the Charlottesville shit was just so depressing. Because I think for a long time, I felt, and a lot of people felt, that the openness of the internet would destroy bad ideas. Like racism couldn't possibly thrive with the internet being a huge part of our (laughs) lives because it would be so easy to debunk. (laughs) But instead, it's like you see like bad ideas supercharged, and you even see good ideas, social justice taken to the logical extremes that I think are probably negative for the entirety of, you know, good on the planet, you know? Mm. So it's like, instead you're just seeing like each extreme of the political landscape be like weaponized and created to be, you know, and I just see it's, it's hard for me because I'm so interested in politics 
but it just feels so toxic that I don't want to talk about it that much. Maybe on the podcast I'll like talk about it a bit, but you know, I, I'm a hardcore liberal in my mind, but I also see a ton of stuff going on in the left that I'm like not that stoked on. Right, you know? of course, right. And I also, you know, I'm fucking horrified by Trump. I'm horrified by a lot of the things I see on the right, but I also see people that I don't think are necessarily the worst people on earth who are being called Nazis and are being grouped in with terrible people. And it's just the whole fucking landscape is disgusting, and it's just hard to even exist in. You know, you know I, I get a sense from you, and this is what I like about you, man. It seems like, you know, without even trying, without making an effort, you're pretty woke as a white boy. I mean, I'm, I'm very conscious of what my role is, and I definitely, like, have said things and done things that I regret and that aren't representative of necessarily where I ended up as an adult, you know? But, I mean, I fucking... I just... I grew up with really good influence from my parents, right. and I think that's the main thing is that my parents, like... There was never room for me to, like, if I had said something homophobic around my parents, my parents would have fucking sat me down and gave me the fucking talk. And I just am so thankful that I had that. And that I've always just been interested. Like, there's a ton of right-wing people that I'm interested in what they have to say. I follow, right. you know, I follow. It, it's great to read the opposition. Right. right. Like, I love following Richard Spencer. I'm going to be totally honest. Because he's a piece really? of shit. Really? But I really am intrigued by what he has to say because right. that's the other side. Like, yeah. that's the real other side. That's what we're up against. Like, we're not, like, the left at some point has to realize that they're not, that yes, Jules isn't their enemy. Yes, Jules might have fucked up. She might have said something she shouldn't have said. She's not there. She's she not just said some she stupid wants shit. To be an ally. She did know? the she did the most stupid shit. Right. She said she said and, some and, dumb and, shit. But that, but you know. you know when you do stupid shit in this climate, man, mm -hmm. it's so it's so easy to get beat up. B. How many it's threesomes true. she had? I don't know. Hey man, you know footage, I'm down, as long as she's I'm living her too. life. Yeah. Like it's golden, yes, Jules. We got to get on the show, man. <laughs> Actually, wanna... that was really great to get to introduce uh, her to yes, Jules because she's a big fan. There you go. Um. What books changed your life, man? Because you, you've been around a lot of books all your, your entire life. Damn, Man's Search for Meaning. You ever read that? That was a big one for me. It's about this uh, Holocaust survivor and having his family taken from him and having uh, his, his, all his possessions taken from him and how he basically, through that experience, figured out that there are two real ways that you could live your life. You could live for someone else. Or you could live for it's the change that you could make. You in find the, meaning in suffering. The meaning and your suffering. And yeah. like, oh, man, I think that really hit me over the head hard. Um, there's a book, uh, that I have a bizarre love for that's called, uh, like, what's it called? Confessions of a, of a master thief that just really made me want to do fucked up shit as a kid. That was just basically one of the greatest jewel thieves of all time. That shit fucked me up, bro. I'm going to be honest. That shit fucked me up because it just made the whole idea of like doing crime seem so fun. And I read it at such a bad I mean, crime time. crime is also a great drug too, man, if you oh, can get yeah. away with it, right? That, that high? It's, it's, a, it's a fucking great drug. I, you know what's a really great book is uh, Mastery by Robert Greene. Oh, mm, top, five. Had a big top five. Top five, top five, top five. Oh, huge, huge. No, no yes. I love that book, man. I, I kind of recommend that book to everybody. There's an author, Ryan Holiday, that I'm a huge fan of that I had on my podcast that my girlfriend has a weird crush on. I, I think him. when you start talking about boy, boy, girl threesomes, that's who she starts I thinking about. Him. Yeah. Have to fade what's, him. what's his book? Uh, <laughs> catch, catch that fade. He has one book. World Star. Yeah, I'm just kidding. He's a great guy. Uh, he has one book called, um, uh, it's called Trust Me, I'm Lying, A Guide to Me Media Manipulation. Mm. I got Blew it. my motherfucking What is it mind. about ma manipulation? It's about how the media works and how you can essentially kind of like get control over the media by thinking about how you do how you what the things you do how you move what you put out into the world what thinking about what could go viral and he has crazy experience because he was working for american apparel and uh, he worked for robert green like he was one of his uh, early em employees or whatever and um that book's crazy he has a book on stoicism that's crazy he has a book about uh, uh that's called perennial seller that just came out that is all about um just creating content that has like a really really long shelf life 
talks about how like all the books that sell the most copies each month or each year are always or it's like the Bible, the fucking you know, it's all these classic titles. Yeah, yeah. People don't think about that. Think they I Grow like, Rich by Napoleon Hill. That, I mean, that right. always sells. And I think about that a lot because we create content that is very timely, yeah. topical, you know. And that's like that's dope. But like this interview might not necessarily mean as much two years from now. And I think about that as a challenge a lot lately. Is like keeping shit evergreen. Yeah, like there's there's real opportunities to make evergreen content in terms of stuff that shows up in search. And where's your you fucking know. book club, man? What the fuck, man? All right, can we can 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 we I do start, a book club? I said I was gonna start a book club. Yeah, and then I fucking didn't read the books I, said I was gonna read. <laughs> you didn't read them. Okay, I fucked up because I just made the books that I was gonna read like books that I already like was gonna read for my own like mental stimulation, you know. But now we're actually doing the real book club because Gucci Mane's autobiography is out, and I have it. So have you started it? man? I read the whole thing on a plane. How, how was it? Oh, it's fire. Really? Yes, because that's one of my favorite rappers of my whole life, yeah. and it, it, it he has a very loosely held together. It's not like Jay Z where it's easy to no, be no. Like, he's he's a fucking mess, but he but. The but, ten but, albums and they were all yeah, no, so no. Gucci Mane's catalog is so all over the yeah. place that the book helps you to understand the story that was going along and why some of the albums sound like they do, and uh, that's going to be the first like No Jumper Book Club thing that we're doing, and hopefully, I can you know use that to get Gucci Mane into the studio someday. So you know, you just confirmed uh, everything I thought about you, man. What do you mean? You're fucking brilliant, dude. I appreciate that. You're, you're fucking brilliant, dude. Thank and you so and much. I, I appreciate that in this day and age where you know you can be talented, but there's no substance there. I mean, like I, you're fucking brilliant, dude. I mean, I'm just trying to be a better person every day and just trying to like bring good stuff into the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, last question. Um, top five MCs. <laughs> I always say that I don't do this conversation, but you, I'll do you, it for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I have a caveat. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm glad that you fuck with Black Dave, dude. <sighs> He was supposed to come today. Black Dave is my dude. He was dude. gonna come. He actually, I've been fucking with Black Dude for the past five <laughs> years. He's outside right the whole time. He was, he actually, honestly, my, <laughs> I mean, I got a, I got a meeting at seven, but I fuck with Black Dude. If um, with Black, Black Dave, Dave. if I don't see, if I don't see him, man, tell him, tell him, like, yeah. I'm still room for that That's dude. Cool man. That What's he like working on, man? Uh, I don't know. He tore his ACL skating. Yeah. So I, like, I've been looking for videos. because I'm like a year from like, like, dude, I, I got up on his videos like about three or four mm-hmm. years ago and he had some dope shit like skating through the city, fuck yeah. the police, the whole nine. Yeah. And then now I look at his shit, it's, all, it's just skating. I didn't know that dude was so nice. Well, he wraps his ass off yeah. too. And he's, he's just a cool guy. Like, I had him on my podcast mostly because I was just intrigued by the idea of him being a pro skater and also right. like a fairly official rapper. Yeah. A New York official rapper, which is fucking rare. Exactly. Because yeah. New York needs needs the rappers yeah, that yeah. Can get. Tell him, tell him do some dope rap shit, man. I need That's that, man. Because yeah. I, I fuck with him, man. Because I really fuck with him a long way, too. Like, he came in. Uh, he's he a good did, dude, right? He did the Charlemagne interview yeah. with me. Fucking, yeah, he's a great guy. And uh, uh, Wait, what were we talking about right before that? <laughs> top five. We'll get to the top <laughs> oh, five. Top five. Yeah. Well, number one, Black Dave. <laughs> yeah, number one, Black Dave, Black nah, Dave, Black Dave. Black Dave no, no. a long way, bro. He's a great dude. Nah. Um, I want him to win, man. All right, these are my top five rappers that I've listened to in my life. Like, these are the ones who have meant the most to me, I think. So it's Tupac, 50 Cent, mm. Kanye, uh, Cameron, and uh, like Jay Z. Great list. And it's like, if I have to do five, I have to be honest with that. And I know that like maybe 50 is not a popular choice. Dude, for it's that. subjective. I don't give a fuck, man. And, and But then I'm telling you, 50 taught me more about being a man than 50. almost any other rapper ever. I watched his career so closely during that time period that I feel like Robert I Green. Robert every- Green. He forgot a fucking book with Robert Green. I did Green. not read that, but I really should. I read it. It was <laughs> the 50th law. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, it was great. It was great, 50. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you no. always got to feel weird about the rapper books because you don't know how much involvement well, but, the rapper's But dude, it's have, a 48 you know? laws. Told through fifty, right? But which is it's a, like you can't fuck with the forty-eight laws of power. Wait, did you feel like it was dumbed down? Like no, it like, wasn't. It wasn't it was dumbed down. down. It was no. It was like growing up in Southside Jamaica, Queens. These are the forty-eight laws of power plus two. Yeah, 
know. I feel like I learned everything with 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shout out to 50, man. That's yeah, still, out to 50, man. That's an interview that I would love to have. I mean, shit. Like, yeah. whoever gets some. Huh? <laughs> Never mind. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say that, man. No, I didn't say... I mean, it was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, what's next for you, man? You know, I, I feel like. If politics I were, and get the politics, good thing, man. you get think? Into, yeah, get into politics, oh, Jesus, man. man, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Springer's getting yeah. into it again. Is he? Yeah, he's gonna uh, hey, man. run for governor. We knew whoever the fuck we can get on the left because yeah. that whole Hillary <laughs> thing didn't work out. Yeah. We need some fuck. I mean, I mean, I'm not dissing you, but the bar's been lowered so fucking oh, yeah. low, man. Well, we're we talking about gig. the Rock. I'm like, hey, man, any, <laughs> yeah. if, if you can get him in office, I'm yeah. happy. I'm down. Like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I feel like. The good thing is that I feel like I have a platform now that I could continue to expand upon, like nonstop. For like, if I was doing this for ten years, I think I'd be perfectly happy, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I just want to do bigger things for the the community, like for the the culture, for just what we have going on in LA in general, for people in general. I just want to continue to document what's going on, make content that people give a fuck about, and just continue to meet more people, know more people. Like for me to even be having a conversation with you is a dream. Like five years Thank ago, you, I could not have imagined that. A year ago would be hard for me to imagine. Two years ago would be hard for me to imagine that. So, to even well, a year ago I was getting high in your fucking studio. Yes, I know. That's why I moved the goalposts in two years. Yeah, but I don't know. And then like you know to have a sit down, have a conversation with Charlemagne for two hours on my podcast, and like even last night to have fucking Schultz invite us to his comedy show and to get to go see him be so fucking amazing at what he does and stuff. It's like. I mean, I feel at this moment in my life, I just feel so thankful and so happy for everything that I've been given. And like, really, my, my desire is to keep my head down and keep grinding out the content and just keep working because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I already probably got enough money that I shouldn't be too worried about money. I'm worried about making some dope shit and having fun and keeping my sanity and like living a better life and, and finding ways to make my life more enjoyable or finding new challenges. You know, it's like, I, I, like do I want to write a book? Sure. Do I want to like, have a TV show maybe but I mean at the end of the day it's like all that stuff is just going to be icing on the cake yeah exactly I already got the cake there you go sir Adam Adam 22 thank you so much sir combat I love yeah, I you I fucks with you man I love you too man King yeah. love you Mena Moro you guys are amazing loudspeaker gang yo I need I need that hoodie man oh I got you and yeah. no, no jumper on Adam 22 on Instagram with the, go- with, yo, the, the frames yo, he got the Gucci right. frames Ooh. those are the best ones I've seen you really yeah. those, those are ill Damn. King yo another one yes what's up man what, what are your thoughts I'm trying to go to LA tomorrow yeah you gotta pace yourself though man to be my cousin just two of them, man, but you gotta condition you gotta condition yourself, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> yo, yo, a threesome's not for everybody, bro. We'll Listen, teach you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily have to do the threesome. I that's just, that's what y'all need to fucking release. Just a three, the family. A threesome starter the kit. The threesome Wait, oh, starter oh, kit. Oh, oh. Bang, bang, bang. Are you talking about a meme or a product that we're going to A product. Sell? Everything. Okay. Can, can, yo, can we get... Can, the butt candy. We'll go in there first. Oh. Can, can we? Can we? Can we? Yeah, 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 yeah. King. Combat Jack ain't ready for the butt candy. <laughs> Whoa. Listen, listen. I'm just going to... Wait, wait, what's the butt candy? We hooked up with these two girls. Yeah. They are like internet porn star type chicks. Yeah, yeah. Both very attractive. Yeah. We both licked their buttholes. And I wasn't going to say anything. But then she said it. She goes, okay, I'm just going to say it. Both of your buttholes are tasted like candy. What is that? And then I asked them, I said, Did, is there like a product that you like put on your butthole so it tastes good when it, someone eats it during sex? And they both like shyly were like, no. Like, why, so why, why would you prepped. think I'm not ready for that? I don't, isn't that like the most futuristic shit you ever I heard? Are you fucking. He'll, he'll sniff cocaine out of ass. <laughs> hey, hey, don't tell me what I'll do. You, you <laughs> ate candied ass? Allegedly. You ate candied ass. I mean, I haven't done that, but I've had <laughs> I've had stuff on the ass before. But don't you I've think that's candy. a dope product? Like, uh, I, I want to actually sell that product. Yo, fam, <laughs> fam, 
the three-way starter kit, man. Let's, let's do it, man. King, man. Hang We're getting up. too loose every week, man. Combat Jack Oh, my Rogue. God. What the fuck's going on here? At, us, at combat <laughs> underscore Jack. You know, comment, rate, subscribe is always. Yes, 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 sir. You loose, man. I mean, life is short, man. It is, but damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, life is a progression also, man. I, listen, internets, if I'm offending you guys, if you've been listening to the show for the past seven seven years, if, I'm, if I went from being this outstanding... You know, per, uh, person in the community to this fucking degenerate. You know, this I apologize to anybody, but my not, my life is short, man. You know what I'm saying? And you got to live each day to your fullest, and you got to be happy. As long as you don't hurt anybody, then 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 you know what I'm saying. Continue Dream your be. dreams, and then man up, woman up, and live your dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound and butt candy. Live. <laughs> I was gonna say, eat the butt candy. Life's short. Eat the butt candy. Short, eat some ass. Yo. <laughs> Internets, thanks again for Sonos for supporting this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show. Movies, sports, TV shows, gaming, play bass adds dynamic, pulse-pounding sound to whatever's playing on your TV and streams your favorite music when it's off. Yet, its low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV. And now... For the first time ever, Sonos is offering listeners of the Combat Jack Show 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Just use the promo code JACK10, that's J-A-C-K-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by... A King, and this is an official Loudspeakers Network production. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm really mad y'all made me do that. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Please don't post that anywhere. <laughs> I'm so mad at y'all. <laughs> bop, bop, bop.